Welcome back. Hello. It is a beautiful Wednesday. The morning started off really cold, but it got a lot warmer, like so warm to the point where I walked home from work. So it's going to be a good rest of my week. I've determined that when I saw how warm out it was when I walked out of the building earlier from work, I was like, this week's going to turn around and it's going to be better than Monday because Monday and Tuesday, say Tuesday or Wednesday. I kept thinking it was Tuesday. It's Wednesday it's today. Wednesday. Oh, thank God. Cause Monday I kept thinking Tuesday it was Tuesday though. Suck. They suck total ass to be honest. Um, I hope you guys had a better week though than me and Gina. Mm. Mm. I'm so tired too. I, I honestly, I went to bed at like 1030 last night and I woke up and I was like, I still need like six more hours of sleep because I just still don't feel right. No, I just woke up at 4.30. Just out of nowhere because I was in agonizing pain. Um, yeah, so okay, <laughs> spill the tea. Not really tea because it it's only not tea. You. I just have to get surgery, guys. On what? Just my hip. I tore my labrum. My femoral acetabular impingement is what I have. Uh, labrum tear. Like, That's what they took. I what to call I it. I Googled it. Um... Is it going to be like a long recovery process? Will you be out of the studios for a long time? Um, I mean, I'll be out for like a couple weeks. I'll be on crutches. They said I'll be on crutches. They is like the doctor. Uh, he said I'll be on crutches for about four to six weeks, but he expects me to be on a little bit less. Probably like two to three. Oh, depending. Awesome. But also that depends on how the surgery goes, yeah. how recovery is for me. When you said hip, I got really nervous because, like, whenever I think of hip surgery, I think of, like, wheelchairs, walkers. No, I'll be, pain. no, they're going to have me walking the, like, the, yeah. once I'm awake. Not the second I'm awake, but, like, when I get discharged, I won't, I'll probably be wheeled out. I yeah. think that's just, like, protocol in a hospital, but I'll be on crutches when I get home until okay. we get, like, because I think you go, like, a week post-op to check in with the doctor and I'll be starting PT I would imagine like four days post-op I don't know I don't know full information I'm just hmm. going off the top of my head but well that should you know. be you're gonna be stuck with me you're gonna be you're gonna be it's on summer of crutches I texted my friends that. out a car and you're just like you're not gonna be able to get away from me I'm just gonna show up every day in my bikini and well, stand on the porch bitch well I'll be able to like drive it just depends on, he, like, the doctor was saying, just seeing how far I really have to drive, and usually mm-hmm. it's, like, the max I drive is to the North Reading studio, 15 minutes, and, yeah. you know, if I have to hold off for a couple weeks from teaching there, then I have to until it's, like, feels good to drive more than eight couple minutes. minutes. You know, I only drive to Stoneham in Medford, really, like, primarily. North Reading's only once a week, so I could always tough it out for that 15-minute ride. It's not a bad ride. I mean... Yeah. It's a straight shot on the highway, so, but it's just, I guess I have to just play it by ear. Oops, I'm opening Instagram. That's Juliana. Um, I was tagged in that. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's nothing crazy. Like, it's a very common surgery. Mm. It's a common injury, too. It'll only be two incisions, like tiny, tiny incisions. Oh, that's good. And he'll go in with a camera. And he thought... Well, I had to get an x-ray yesterday when I got in before that we discussed my MRI results, and I was like, great, this is, like, worse than I expected. Like, I was yeah. thinking to myself, like, this must be a tumor. Like, I must have, like, something serious. Yeah. Like, I just wasn't expecting to get another x-ray. So my anxious mind was like, 
spiral. Great. Because that's what happens. Something walk, is wrong. When you walk into the doctor's office and, like, without any notice, they're like, okay, we have to run more tests and mm-hmm. we have to take more images. It's like, huh? What are you talking about, homegirl? Well, girl? I've never, like, my first, that was my first MRI on Friday, so I was like... I have a great MRI story. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, two, three summers ago, it was the summer of the pandemic, like when we were thick in the pandemic. It was mm. like June or July. My parents were away. They had gone away for their anniversary, and they were like staying at a friend's beach house for their anniversary because it was honestly probably the first time anyone had left my house for a really long time. And oh, since like the fire yeah, so yeah from well no from march and then it was the oh. first time my parents had gone away since the fire oh yes so yeah. it was like the first time in a while that i hadn't seen my parents every single day all day and then it was the first time in a while i've gone all night like i we went all night with them because they were on vacation when the fire happened and it took a while yeah, to that's go a lot. back out again we'll be getting into that in another uh, another episode another episode um so oh, maybe we could even have Meg jump on. Oh my god, I'm If she wants to. And Allie, the whole family. If they want to. But, so, I had inflamed intestines. I don't know how it happens. I don't know what I did, what I oh ate. God. I had inflamed intestines, and I could not stop getting sick. And I mean, like, it was, like, half a sip of water, and I was hunched over the toilet. Just, like... That's not normal. Yacking my brains out. Um, so, at one point... My mom had, was away. She called my physician or something. Like, my doctor's office, they always have someone all, on call, like, at a hospital of some sort mm-hmm. to call. It was something like that. And she was like, okay, yeah, she should really come in. And I, my mom called me, and she's like, you know, you can go in if you want. And I was like, no, I'll stick it out for a couple more minutes. Like, it's fine. I'll live. Whatever. And then about five minutes later, I ate an ice cube, and I literally died. Like, I... What? Yeah. I, I remember it so vividly. So, my poor Mimi was watching us. She couldn't leave Brielle, Cece, and Allie home alone. And then Matt couldn't stay in the hospital with me anyways because it was COVID and he wasn't a guardian. And I was 18 at the time. So, oh. poor Matt walks my ass into Winchester emergency room. I am hyperventilating at this point, dry heaving. I'm in shorts and a sweatshirt, and I'm literally sweating bullets. Um, I'm pale. Oh, my God. I had, like, four masks on because it was a, it was a yeah. hospital in the middle of COVID. It was so terrible. A couple hours in, I'm in IVs. I'm by myself. My phone's dead, and there's no chargers. Oh, no. It was such a shit show. And... Finally, my Mimi comes. They let her in. It's like the morning, so Braille and CC and Allie were like, yeah. fine during the day, but it was at night. She didn't want to leave them alone. Morning, midnight. I think it was probably like 3, 4 when she came, and I think Matt went to the house. So like 3, 4 in the morning, then Matt went to my house to stay with the girls. Um, my Mimi walks in so they could run tests because like she needed to be there and stuff for all that. So they did blood work, which probably honestly made me want to throw out more. Looking Absolutely. Absolutely. Then they were like, okay, we're going to do an MRI, but you have to ingest the dye before you... Oh, see, I got mine injected. No, see, they, they yeah, wanted you had to, to drink, drink it. mine. So it's probably because see. it was in, like... They, yeah, they want to be able to see my organs yeah. and everything. So I was like, yeah, but I haven't been able to swallow anything, even ice cubes and water and ginger ale for the last, like... I think it was, like, going on twenty hour 24. So it was 24 hours with only IV fluids in me, no food, pounding headache all i did was sleep my god so they wheel me into the room they're like okay we don't have any ginger ale what fucking hospital doesn't have ginger ale winchester then 
hey, I may be going to Winchester Hospital. Oh, have fun. I don't know. There's like a million I could go to. Yeah. So then they were like, okay, here's an extra large Coke full of the dye. Mm. Drink it. I was like, hmm? Extra large? Like, why can't I just have a small one with a little bit of dye? No, they need a lot. They need a lot. So I was like, okay, I'll drink it. Probably took me an hour to get it all down because, like, every couple sips I was like, mm. Yeah. And they were like, nope, keep it down. Finally, they laid me on my back. It's this sweetest little woman in the world. I remember, I can't remember like what she looked like or anything or like what language she was speaking, but she was foreign. This is all a haze, by the way. I yeah. barely remember half of this. And she was the sweetest woman in the world, but we couldn't understand each other for the life of us. So it was just kind of like hand motions. But once I was in the machine, she couldn't hear my hand, like she shouldn't see my hand motions mm. anymore. She puts me in the MRI. She said something about how it was a brand new machine. I remember that. Not even a second after she puts me in, she goes behind the glass, starts the imaging, I start throwing up Aww. all over the place. I mean, like, on myself, all Jesus. over the machine. I, like, poke my head out, and I'm, like, literally going on the floor. I'm screaming at this point for help because I'm, like, lying down, stuck, choking on my own yak. Oh, my God. It was the worst experience oh of my, my God. life. Um... And every now and then I'll get a bill from the hospital. And every time I'm like, oh, my God, one, day, one of these days they're going to charge me for that billion-dollar no. um, MRI machine. And I'm going to have to fucking pay for it. Like, I feel like I broke it. No. And later that day they came in and they were like, yeah, the results are negative for pretty much everything. So just go home. I was like, just go home. If I stand up, I'm going to faint. So they fucking wheeled me out to my Mimi's car and sent me home. And nothing happened? I was sick for about four more days, and then I got better. I had Wendy's as my first meal through that That's up. interesting. And then after the Wendy's, I didn't throw up again. I wonder what happened. It was terrible. It was it was quite, like, that is a huge that reason. That seems awful. That's a huge reason I hate going to hospitals now. All I think, like, all because it's, like, embarrassed. Like, I don't get embarrassed. Like, I can do some, like, I, I can trip yeah. over my own shoes and not get embarrassed. Like, I can do some pretty stupid shit and not be embarrassed. That was literally the most humiliating experience of my life. It was so humbling. I was like, I'm an 18-year-old girl, and I'm crying for my Mimi to come get me right now to this nurse who <laughs> doesn't understand what a Mimi even is because she doesn't know what I'm saying. It was a complete shit show. Jesus. And ever since then, I haven't gotten, like, any imaging done besides an ultrasound, which is, like, safe, obviously. But, yeah. Like, an x-ray, any imaging, I, like, think I'd freak out if they tried to, like, stick me in an MRI again. Well, x-rays, it depends. You're usually, like, I had to get one yesterday, and I was just standing. Like, I wasn't in a tube or anything. Yeah. MRIs, honestly, if it wasn't for yoga, I, like, literally don't think I would have done it because I just was breathing the whole time. Yeah. I was, like, literally, I closed my eyes and just started breathing. Yeah. Like That kind of stuff scares me. I mean, it was... <laughs> At, like, because I still had to wear a mask in the machine, even though, um, like, I mean, it's protocol. It is yeah. what it is. Like, hospitals should, honestly, every hospital staff should always be wearing a mask. I mean, I'll probably have to wear one when I get surgery. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be in an operating room with probably, like, I'd say, like, three to five people, I would imagine. Yeah. It's only, it's not, it's like a two-hour procedure. Yeah. So. But, um, you know. on the note of what gives me anxiety... Let's talk about anxiety today because I have um, this whole thing where it's what I've been realizing is that anxiety literally affects what we do, what yep. we eat, when we sleep, what we wear, who we talk to. It has honestly such a chokehold on my life and it's and I know I can't control every aspect of it because that's 
coming to terms with like a, with my mental health and like one of the hardest pills I've ever had to swallow was that like this is never gonna go away like this no. is it. this I'm hardwired this way I'm just an anxious person um I can't help it I can lessen the anxiety and I can lessen the nerves but I can't just fix myself that's just not how it works no I know but I feel like there are healthy things to do to help with anxiety yeah um some of my favorite coping mechanisms, which I've, I've wanted to do an episode on this for a while, but I was always kind of hesitant. Um, coping mechanisms 101 with V and G. Um, medication. If you think you are at a point in your life where you just are like, nothing works, nothing's making this anxiety go away. Yeah. Because there are some people where it's like working out helps. Yeah, Eating some people, some foods people and doesn't. Eliminating for certain foods from your diet works. Keeping a more organized home works. Driving less works. Using less social media works for some people. For me, none of that has worked besides medication. And, like, that's yeah. fine. Like, for a while, I was, like, really bummed out about it. Because, like, it sucks to be 19 and be like, hmm, I can only control my emotions when I'm prescribed medication. Like, everybody's different. Like, yeah. I'm not on medication. There's not, like, it's not that I refuse to be. It's just, like, I found other Something ways to, like, help. Like, exercise, reading, yoga, and, like, yeah. those little things help. I think those little things help you. Oh, but yeah. also, like, you just need a little bit extra, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just how your body is, and no that's how shame. my body is. No shame in the medicine game. Oh, yeah. If it's in likes to say. I what? said, like, my doctor also didn't want to just, like, throw me on medication. Mm-hmm. She wanted me to try a couple things first, which is great. Like, I appreciate that because, obviously, medication can alter your body. And, like, yeah. I mean, trust me, I will take Tylenol. When I need to, I'm not the type that's like, I don't take medicine at all. Like, yeah. no, I, I take medicine if I need to. I, like, people, pharma- pharmaceutical uh, discussions are very uh, sensitive to a lot of people. So yeah. we'll just make that quick. I, listen, medicine is medicine for me. I gotta take it, I gotta take it. Yeah. But I think there's a huge stigmatization around, like, anxiety. Absolutely. Anxiety, depression medication. And it's something that I've come to terms with in the last couple weeks because I I was super bummed out. It did it did really bother me that like I couldn't quote unquote fix myself on my own. Yeah. Like I had to use medicine to get there. But it's honestly like probably been one of like the biggest blessings ever. Like it's helped so much. It makes such a difference in my day to day life. And I just literally think like for some people like that anxiety, that depression, that OCD. I mean, it's different for everyone. Every case is different. Every case is valid. There is nothing that makes your anxiety less important than mine or makes mine more important than yours and vice versa. But for some people, it's just how their body is programmed. It's a chemical deficiency or chemical imbalance in the brain that just not self-care and good things can fix and that's okay and for a while like I said it really bothered me it really bummed me out that I was so young and already just like dependent on a medication to make me feel better but honestly in the long run I so much rather be taking this medication than feeling the way I do so for me it's totally worth it and like you never know eventually you could never need it again yeah. or you've but, been on it for the rest of your life and it's not either way it's not a bad thing yeah because it helps you so my first anxiety coping mechanism is medication but not everyone needs medication it's not prescribed to everyone um most of the time doctors will do a ton of other things before they go to medication yeah i know some people are like 
well, therapist, you just walk in their office, they write you a prescription and you never see them again. No. Most common day therapies and most modern day therapists do not approach treatment like that anymore. It's usually you have to go to five to seven sessions before yeah. it can even be considered to be prescribed something, which I think is a really good thing. But oh, I think that's smart, yeah. Yeah, it's such a good thing. But then it kind of feeds back into the idea in my brain that, like, oh, well, they, they take it so serious, so why, why am I on it? You know, like, my, my brain likes to unravel like that, and it's a yeah. really scary process because, like, at any given time, I feel like I could just convince myself to be like, I don't need them anymore, I'm fine. And that's not the case. I do need them, and I'm not fine. But that's my first tip. If you have tried everything else, you've gone to therapy, you've done your research, you have tried all the typical anxiety lessening hacks, and you still feel like you're suffering, don't be scared. Have that talk with your doctor. Mention it. See what they think. Call your physician. It's not as scary as, scary as it seems. It's mostly in your head, and I can tell you that it's usually the anxiety talking. Absolutely. So like, point blank, like, your fear of anxiety meds comes from the anxiety. Mm-hmm. But there's also stigmatization around it, so it is hard to navigate, and I know it's a very touchy subject for some people, which I totally understand. Um, big Pharma has definitely ruined the idea of, like, some medicine being good, some medicine being bad. It's it's totally changed my opinion on how I approach medicine and such for the better, but for some people it has altered their opinions to be terrified of reaching out for medical help yeah. because of medicine. And it's really sad to see, like, fuck Big Pharma. Um, once I do more research on it and watch a couple documentaries, I do actually really want to do an episode about it, but I'm just not educated enough right now to talk about it. You couldn't tell me about, like, trust me, yeah. I don't... I don't know much what's going on in the world. I literally sleep, wake up, work. Yeah, see, like, I love being informed on stuff. I, I have to be. I feel Maybe like I read for 10 minutes before I pass out. Yeah. Ice my hip and go to bed. Like, I'm not kidding you. That's my day. It's yeah. Wake up, maybe work out if I can, go to work, eat my food, come home, ice my hip, cry about my hip, lay in my bed, read my book if I'm not falling asleep, mm-hmm. and then I literally, like, it sounds awful because it's like I should be informed, but it's like I just feel like I can't, or then sometimes, you know, we're recording and I'm like, oh my god, I haven't even looked at my phone or, like, social media like that. Well, so I think a huge part of it is... Because I have not watched the news. Some people don't stay informed on that stuff because of their anxiety. Oh, it does make me really anxious, like, knowing what... Like, not... Okay, I don't want to say everything, knowing what everything... No, everything everything makes me anxious. Am I, like, okay today? Have you, like, worked too much? Yeah, I can (laughs) fix that for you, yes. Everything going on in the world... Like, seeing all of that and reading about it will make me anxious. Mm-hmm. And that's not an excuse to, like, not know what's going on. I know a little bit of, like, most things, but... Ignorance is bliss, and sometimes that's all you need. It's just... Yeah. just that sounds wrong. Sometimes no, all you need truth, is to just shut the news off and only worry about yourself and not worry about the world. Like, I was... At the beginning of quarantine and, like, COVID, I was, like... I mean, I still barely see people, and I think, like, my anxiety has heightened since, and a lot of people's has, but, like, personally, I think mine's, like, heightened. I mean, I barely go out anymore. Yeah. I, it took me so long, not that mask mandates were lifted 
like, not that they've been lifted for a while, but, like, it took me so long to, like, see my friends and, like, safely, like, go out, and I would always be worried, like, I remember being in my house, like, the first month of quarantine thinking, oh my god, do I have COVID? Yeah. I haven't left my house, but do I have COVID? Yeah. Nobody's left my house, but do I have COVID? So that's another huge thing with, like, the pandemic seriously fucked with some people's anxiety. Like, I literally would be in my backyard, come inside, and it would be, like, April, so I'd have a little bit of a scratchy throat, and I'd be like, oh, my God, I was just outside. Did I just get COVID sitting by myself in my backyard? Yeah. Well, so for me, it was, like, when quarantine happened, it was... Like, not having any control over my life is a huge stressor for yep. me. And something like... And, like, I'm, when I say no control over my life, I mean, like, there are just, like, some instances, like, throughout my some day... Some things you need control of. Yes. Like, throughout my day, I turn around and I, or, like, I'll go to the bathroom and I'll look in the mirror and I'll look at myself and I'll be like, oh, my God, I have not been in control of anything all day long. Everything's been a mess. Nothing has gone the way it was supposed to. Everything's backfired. And, you know, that's on, like, a small scale just in the moment. Yeah. The entire pandemic felt like that for me. It was Oh, my like, God, yeah. I had no control over my own life. I couldn't decide when I wanted to leave. I couldn't decide what I wanted to cook for dinner because it was, like, there were six of us in a small little townhouse because at the time... Hey, you weren't in your house yet, you right? Yeah, our house was not done yet. We were living on one side of a two-family. It was more of a townhouse because it had an attic and a basement, so it yeah. was relatively big but still for a two-family house there's six of you exactly there are six of us at the time it was my um dog duke who had passed away like a year ago over a year ago now duke but he lived with us at that house um there were six of us four of us were doing remote learning oh my dad was a police officer so he was still coming in and out of the house every night he was still working and my mom was a real estate agent and it's not like real estate stopped they just did it all over Zoom. And they yeah. did all the paperwork and stuff over online. Yeah. So, my two parents... How'd they do the show? Like, the... Virtual. They did a virtual showings. Interesting. Yeah. So, but for me, it was, like, a lot of my a lot of my friends at the time, you know, their parents, a lot of them have changed jobs and stuff since the pandemic, because the pandemic caused a lot of job insecurity and anxiety. So, after the pandemic, a lot of people either quit or found new jobs. So, I can't... I don't really know what each company's rules are now. I know for, like, big corporations, at least, I know, like, Target doesn't require masks anymore. Yeah, I know Target doesn't... Amazon warehouses do. So, it's weird. So, I don't really know, like, what the COVID rules are now. But at the time, like, at the thick of the pandemic, I was one of the only people with two parents still working. Like, at least everyone had... Yeah, I mean, my mom worked from home and, like... My brother worked from home because he was a teacher. Mm-hmm. I was in the dental field at the time, so I didn't work. I went back to work that May, mm-hmm. but I'd work, like, four hours a day because we would only see, like, a select number of patients and, yeah. like, do a select procedures. But, so yeah, like, we I didn't was, even have any cleanings. Yeah. So I was really one of the only people... But it was like, see, my mom was working virtually. Yeah. So five people from home working off their laptops with loud-ass Zoom calls in the background. And then my dad coming in and out every night, all night. It was a shit show. It heightened my anxiety so much. I had no control over my life. I had no space of my own. And see, we all shared rooms, too. So it was even like, I couldn't even, like, go to a separate space and, like, get space from people. Um... Because then if I went down in the basement to get some space, someone was down there trying to do the same thing. And then I also think, like, this anxiety from COVID, like, the heightened anxiety from COVID has dragged out 
to now. Yeah. Like it's oh, just yeah. made like nothing went back to life. Like, just like so difficult. It's like they opened up the gates and everyone ran to a therapist. Yeah, I mean, and like now I, every therapist in the country is overwhelmed, understaffed. They don't have secretaries keeping their books and keeping them organized. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing all their appointment bookings themselves. Like it's a crazy time to be alive if you think about it. Like I feel like post pandemic has been even more wild than like it, when we were in the thick of the pandemic like from like March to June of 2020 yeah. but so I just feel like my anxiety got so much and I, I've always struggled with anxiety since I was a little kid but first second grade is when it kind of started and in the course of 18 years it has not been as bad as it ever was until the pandemic happened, which I think yeah. is a huge telltale sign of like what little kids must be feeling. Because if the adults who already suffered, or not even the adults, I was a teenager at the time, I still am, but I'm a young adult now, that's what I like to call myself. She's 19, she's still a teenager. But the young adults <laughs> and like adults of the world who, and teenagers, who still aren't okay from the pandemic, even if some of them had struggled with anxiety or depression or OCD their whole lives, imagine how some of these kids are feeling. Yeah. Like, every child feels out of control. Like Every child is out of control. Yeah. Not even feels out of control. I feel like... Like, they just... It's And it's not, like, it's it's not the parents' fault. No, it's not like, at all. It's the pandemic has the, just caused has everybody to be... Anxiety. Yeah, and that's how, like, like, kids will say, like, my stomach hurts, but that means, like, they're anxious. Mm-hmm. Not every kid, but, you know, some kids are, like, you know... Oh, my stomach hurts. My belly hurts. Mm-hmm. This and that, and it's usually like their sign of like feeling anxious, but them not really knowing. Mm. Socially, kids are behind, and I think my God, it's I gotten know. to the point in like a school year. I guess it's the first normal school year, and I can't talk for everyone's child, obviously. But it's kind of gotten to the point where now it's we're wrapping up the school year. We're, we're in the home stretch. We got April, May, June, but then we have a couple long weekends. April break. Oh, days. I want an April break. Oh, I love April break. I can't wait. But, you know, we're wrapping up the year. We're getting towards the end here. And some kids have definitely picked up on social things more than yeah. others. But you can't hold back half a class. No. You can't hold back 15 kids per class. Oh, my God. I have the hiccups. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but so... It just makes me wonder what they're going to do next year because I can guarantee you no school system, whether it be Stone and Reading, Wakefield, Boston, somewhere down in Tennessee, like it does not matter what school system you go to. I can say with 99% certainty, no teacher has ever seen anxiety levels like this. Absolutely not. And some people don't know what to call it. Some people are just like, oh, they're so misbehaved. Oh, they're so bad. It's like, no, they have anxiety. Like they... Yeah. They don't know what's going on. They've never been to... Half these kids have never been to, like, a real school, like, functioning school before. So they're they're so overwhelmed with, like, what they have to do. Like, some of these kids never did a worksheet. They just did everything on their Chromebooks. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's wild to me that, like, it's like now unaddressed. They're so so used to masks, and now they're kind of getting used to not wearing masks if they started, like, preschool and kindergarten. And that has created social anxiety now, because now they're maskless, and they're they're face-to-face, and they can't really get away from that eye contact, and they can't get away from seeing someone's facial expressions. Mm. Like, facial expressions are a huge telltale sign of how something's being said and how it comes off. And now it's like kids can really read into, like, 
oh, they're mad, oh, they're sad, oh, they're happy. And I think that's very overwhelming for them. Yeah. It's navigating a lot of different new emotions at once from adults, from grandpa and grandpa, from babies to everyone. They are now for the first time seeing real raw emotions from people they don't know as well as mom and dad. Yeah. And it's hard for them to navigate how to treat people when they don't always know what the outcome's going to be because... Everyone is so socially delayed. Even I'm socially delayed. I feel delayed. like, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like even adults are socially delayed and, like, young adults, like, in, you know, our age range and stuff, it's like, we don't really know what's acceptable like, anymore. I'm and so I feel awkward. like it's also like, if you don't go see your friends now, then your friends are going to get upset because, oh, we just spent two years inside. Not, not literally two years, but, like, we've spent two years in a pandemic. Things are opening up. You have to stop being so boring. And it's like... Not being boring, it's... I don't like going out now. Yeah, honestly, I think this pandemic's caused me to, like, not that I... No, I can't say that I didn't go out pre-pandemic, but I wasn't going out every weekend anyway. But, like, more often now, I don't have a desire to go out. Like, I don't care to go, like, get hammered on the weekends. I'll go out for dinner. But, like, I'm also not a big drinker anymore. Like, I just don't... I, like, I don't drink every weekend. I drink yeah. maybe once a month, twice a month, if that. Like, And that's, like, two drinks Yeah. when I go out. Like, I'm not, like, chugging, taking shots. I'm not doing stuff like that. Like, I literally grab, like, two to three. I usually limit myself three or four at, like, the maximum mm-hmm. if I'm out anyway. Um, just because... Does, do you think drinking heightens your anxiety? Ever? Absolutely. But are you more of like, so there's there's two types of drinking anxiety. There's like in the moment, like in the middle of the party, in the middle of being out, you're like, I got too drunk. I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm going to do this. I'm, gonna I'm do both. That. I know. I'm both. You're both. So then yeah. the next morning too, you Absolutely. wake up. And like, so when I used to drink a lot, I'm like, there, there are some times where I'm like, I get drunk. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes I drink more than the usual limit I like give myself. I don't intend to, and You're sometimes I feel happens. like in the social atmosphere, it's like... It's hard. It's yeah. like hard to be the one who doesn't want to drink that much. Well, yeah. When you're, like... Like, you're not that far in age from me, but when you're, like, at the legal drinking age, it's like, oh, we should be having so much fun. We should be getting hammered every night or every weekend. It's like, some people don't want to, but it's also, like, people don't know other people's backgrounds, I guess, yeah. and, like, their worries with it, like... I have anxiety around drinking anyway just because I feel like just like family history that yeah, I have you've that seen like the cycles. you've seen how it starts out and And like I don't have a reason. I literally have no reason to be worried about like me and drinking because I don't drink often, but I always that like stays in the back of my mind mm-hmm. of like, well, think of your the family anxiety. history, like yeah. think your family history, you know, the one night you have alcohol, boom, you could like, just spiral. And it's, like, I have no chance of that happening yeah. for myself because I think I'm but so aware of it, but it's just the anxiety that's, like... And that's that's why, like, I say, like, anxiety affects what you do, what you eat, what when you sleep, how long you sleep, yeah. what you wear, who you associate with, who you hang out with, what college courses you take because, like... Anxiety is pretty much, this is how I like to think of it. Anxiety is like a second voice in the back of your mind, doubting every little thing you do. Some people, it only applies to, you know, when it comes to the eating disorder community. It comes, a lot of times, their anxiety comes around the food they eat, 
exercise, stuff like that. Yeah. That is a targeted anxiety. There are some people who have anxiety, social anxiety, about going out, about meeting new people, about saying the wrong thing, about looking a certain way. There are some people who have anxiety about what they wear because they come from either poverty, they have an eating disorder, Mm -hmm. they don't have any self-confidence, and that voice in the back of their head, that anxiety is reiterating every negative thought they have. So it's like an echo. It's or like a megaphone. And it's like every negative thought you have, my anxiety just takes it and amplifies it. And it like makes me believe that no matter how badly I don't want to, and no no matter like how much like my inner voice knows that I that what my anxiety is saying isn't true, like you literally cannot help it. It feels like a very helpless situation. Which is why I feel so passionately about talking about these things because it's like someone could hear this and for the first time they could be like, yes, that's exactly how I feel. Like my anxiety is that same way. And like this is kind of like the first step in like figuring it out and like knowing what it is. Some people have anxiety and don't even know it. Oh, yeah. And there's all the way to test taking anxiety to school anxiety. I have such bad anxiety. I I can't drive a car. (laughs) Like I, I can't bring myself to drive a car. I can't do it. It terrifies me. I hate every second of it. I shake. It's, it's a terrible experience for me. Yeah. And it's driving. It's something everyone does in life. Like you literally can't get through life without being able to drive. And here I am anxious as fuck about it. So it's like, I can't help it. It's just the most random things in the world that just make me a nervous wreck. But there's a lot you can do to help it. And we will talk about that in the next episode. We'll we'll do a little quote. I was just thinking, we should, I feel like we should do a part two to this. Yeah. I wasn't like, we must have been telepathically. Yeah. I think we should do a part two just on coping mechanisms because poor G baby's got a double tonight. And I like a pinched nerve or something in my back. I don't know if you're a doctor and you listen to this and want to send me a DM. I cannot explain the pain I get from like my tailbone up to my shoulders. It's not even my neck. It's probably pinched nerve. From my shoulders down to my tailbone. I get the most excruciating pain at times. And it's so random and it's so sharp. But it lasts for so long. And I cannot figure out what it is. I'm scared that I pinch something or like severed something because I crack my back chronically. It's really bad habit, um, but I crack my back all the time, so that's what I'm really nervous about. So if you're a doctor and want to shoot me a DM on how I can, like, find out what the hell is wrong with my back recently, or, like, I slept on it wrong a couple weeks ago and just haven't recovered because I love to be in pain for some Oh, me too. I I love to just, like, get an injury and think about it and, like, convince myself that it's never going to get fixed. So for all I know, I could have slept on it wrong about a month ago and just haven't picked up on it yet. But yeah, it's like a sharp pins and needles pain, and I'm I'm really over it. Really, really over it. I'm gonna go slab some CBD cream on and call it a night. Eat some bagel bites. Go teach two classes and then have my Trader Joe's uh, cowboy quinoa burger in a quesadilla. Ooh, fancy Miss Girl. Is it vegan or vegetarian? Vegetarian. Vegetarian. I'm having cheese, so this is yeah. not a vegan meal. But it's just such a good combo, and then I'm gonna have. Uh, I've been loving Greek yogurt with some chocolate protein powder and oh, like really? sliced apples. That's it's kind like of a good idea putting in powder. People in hate stuff. calling it a dessert, but like to me, it's. Yeah. I feel like Greek yogurt can be a dessert. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like a like frozen yogurt. Have yeah. You, like put it in the freezer for a little bit so it tastes more like ice cream. No, but it's usually like I mean it's cold so like it yeah. tastes pretty good. I just like to have like something sweet every night. I've been on a bagel bite kick. I mm-hmm. literally have had so many bagel bites. I don't know how I eat like Love a little bagels. kid. I eat like a little kid. <laughs> Like, 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 bagel bites, fucking goldfish, smart food. That's, like, the best food ever. And it's, I know it's not 
great when you eat it so much. Like, everything's going to be in moderation. But I don't care. Also, my new guilty pleasure is um, a Coke and fries from McDonald's. I get it, like, two, literally sometimes three times I'll have to get that. It, It just fixes every bad mood every bad day. See, I get it on my bad days. Like when I when, sometimes Nat will pick me up and I'll get in the car and I'll just be like fries and a coke and we're blasting some Taylor Swift and he's like bad day I'm like yes it was a very bad day can you tell? <laughs> All right, we love you. We'll see you next. See week. you later. Part two, bitches. Bye. Bye.